Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Okay, well, if you listen to KOSU in the morning or Okie Geek Podcast, we have Mr. Michael Cross in the house. What's going on, Michael? Oh, it's going great, Harold. How are you doing today? Yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we were just talking earlier. I know you got to be up even before the sun's up to, to <laughs> get to KOSU. <laughs> you know, doing the morning show is, uh, I, I, I have to make sure I'm up do, making the donuts long before anybody else is. So. <laughs> right. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you taking the time, brother. Sure um, thing. Well, you'd reached out. Uh, we actually, I've been playing D&D for a little bit, and I know you've been a fan for a long time, but you're starting a new D&D podcast, right? That's right. Uh, we just started it, I guess, uh, started a little less than a month or so ago, two months ago, and less than two months, and called Red Dirt D&D, and just having an absolute blast. I've always wanted to do a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, and so it's just been fantastic. Yeah, man, that's a lot of fun. I love D&D so much, and actually, since, you know, COVID and everything, we've actually moved our game to being on Roll20, so we're doing everything online uh, with our group um, at the moment, and it's just been a lot of fun. It's been great that we've been able to keep playing. I was a little worried whenever, you know, the quarantine hit that we wouldn't be able to keep our campaign going, but it's been great. Yeah, I've been, we all are, my Friday, my play on Friday night, I play on Saturday night, uh, I actually have a little Tuesday thing that I play every now and then, but it's just nice to know that we can we're blessed to live in a time when we can just have these games still. We can still play them. I still like playing in person, but at least there's something we can do. We can fall back on something. Exactly. Um, I like the through line of yours, too. I'll show the story that you're doing for, for your campaign is, uh, is like it's D&D meets the American Wild West, right? Yes. We, when I talked with Ash King, Ash King is the, the dungeon master, and we spoke back in back in the pre-COVID years. Remember that back in February? Yeah. yeah, when you could go places and see things and be around people. I remember that. Uh, when handshakes weren't deadly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we wanted to do something that was unique because there are Dungeons & Dragons podcasts out there. A lot of people have them. I thought I wanted to do something different and, of course, as an Okie Geek, my own, my own little podcast, the whole point of Okie Geek is to kind of talk about things with an Oklahoma twist to them. And so we really thought about how could we make a D&D podcast that had an Oklahoma twist to it. And although it's kind of moved beyond Oklahoma, it's more just Americana, Weird West, Wild West. It's really, that's what it's really focused on is taking taking it, the fantasy away from the English Lord of the Rings type thing and throwing it into where you've got cowboys and sheriffs and saloons and still keep all the races, keep all the things like that. Uh, in fact, actually, the, the Native Americans in Ash's world are replaced by elves, the, the wild elves or wood elves. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. It's like a different take on it. Yeah. And so once we, yeah, once we talked about it, we were going to put this together in March and have auditions in March. And then of course COVID hit 
And so we delayed the auditions until late in June, mid-June, late June. And because we figured, well, the state's opened up, I guess, enough. And so we had auditions brought in Curie Hester, uh, Brooke Bullock, and Johnny Payne to fill out the rest of our cast. So Ash was DMing, I was playing a character, and the other three were playing characters. And we sat down the week before the last week of June and thought, well, let's just do a, a pilot episode and see how that works. Actually, it was the second to last week in June. Because we did a pilot episode, which I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you've ever had a, have you ever had a zero session when you near your D and D stuff? Yeah. Just kind of establishing like the world, what's going on, like yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. And that's what we did. We thought, well, just sit down. We'll talk out our characters and, and Ash will walk us through something and see if it's, if it works for us. We recorded about an hour and a half, realized it was perfect. We decided that's going to be our pilot. And that's great. So, yeah. yeah, it doesn't usually happen that way. <laughs> yeah, everything kind of came together, sounds like. Yeah. And so the very next week we said, tell you what, let's come back in for our first true four hour session on that next week. And we were already as a cast, I think, very tight and able to improv things that I think most people were surprised by when they first listened to our podcasts. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I I love that. I love the uh, through line of the uh, the uh, like the old west. Like, it sounds like almost like wild 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 west, like steampunk type thing. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> yeah, we had um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> water went out of my. Yeah, we. That's why we wanted to do it was because we also wanted to show that you could put. D and D in any setting, you could put it. Of course, there are adventures that they have Asian adventures. Uh, they they have uh, you could you could set it in, in in Africa. You could set it anywhere in the world you wanted to at any time you wanted to, uh, because it is. It I think the fifth edition fifth edition is much more flexible than any of the previous editions. Have you played any of the other editions? No, I actually started out uh, on our first campaign that I ever played. We just I was kind of spoiled because we played from Five E, and that's just all I've ever known. So that's all I've ever played. Yeah, I played back when the original AD and D, the Stranger Things type of D and D, and then I stopped in the late '80s when Second Edition came out. And I every now and then I tried to get back into it, but it never really gelled for me until Fifth Edition came out. And about three years ago, my son, who was 11 at the time, and I went to an Extra Life event at Game HQ. And just immediately, that both of us fell in love with it. He's now DMing my Saturday night group. <laughs> That's awesome. I remember you've talked about that on the Okie Geek podcast before, how you guys went to that, that event, and that's how mm -hmm. you guys got into it, like back into it at 5e. Yeah, how did you get into so, it? That's cool, man. Um, I've actually always wanted to play and uh, had a couple buddies. Um, a friend of mine from high school actually was like, yeah, like I've been wanting to play too. And he had a friend that was a DM. And so we just kind of got together and he's always loved to write stories and draw inspiration from things like uh, literature that, and different things that he's always, he's liked, you know. 
And so we actually, the campaign that we uh, played was like our first big campaign was a gunslinger campaign based on Stephen King's Dark Tower. Oh, wow. And so it was kind of like, yeah, playing off of like that that IP of like the Dark Tower world and everything. And each of us being gunslingers and like your class on top of that. Mm-hmm. So gunslinger, I, we would multi-class with everything. And so I was a wizard gunslinger. So it was getting a little ridiculous. Like when we got into the higher levels, I was just like compounding gun damage on top of spell damage. It was ridiculous. That's but it awesome. It was a blast. And he would always, I mean, we would have tough enemies too. Like he would... It, it would always be, you know, he would remind us, um, you know, if you guys can do this to your enemies, your enemies can do this to you. So he'd yeah. always, like, keep it, not trying to kill us, but he would, like, you just to keep it competitive, you know? Well, and that's, I think that's one of the things that I love about Dungeons & Dragons. It used to be back in the 80s, I think there was more of that attitude where the DM was always trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, but I think it, it evolved into this is just a cooperative game. The entire everybody, the players and the DMs are working together. Now, it's the DM's job to make it difficult, make it challenging. Exactly. Not necessarily deadly. <laughs> um, but I mean, right. yeah, but deadly because that's got to be challenging. There has to be a chance that there's going to be a total party kill. You never know when that's going to happen. Uh, right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Some beholder comes out and disintegrates you, and all of a sudden you're rolling up a new character. Yeah. Right. Yeah, man. That, I like. Ooh. I like always play knowing that that might happen, and mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, I need to make my rolls, man. Um. But he's always been like that. That he would. He's not trying to kill us, but he's also not going to make it a cakewalk. It's yeah. like been kind of like a recurring joke in our group that I got kind of frustrated one day, and I'm like, God, I hate when they can do what we can do. Mm-hmm. And so they always like if they if the enemy gets us real like a, a like a good attack on us or something, like one of the other group members will be like, Man, I hate when they can do what we can do. That's the worst. Yes. And so I kind of get shamed for that line, you know. Even like after that campaign, like, yeah, don't you just hate that? And I'm like, Shut up. <laughs> but it's such a blast, man. Like I I never really thought that I would get as into it as I have been, but you know, I love getting in and like writing my story and like doing, you know, the origins and everything and kind of uh crafting my character that way. And it sounds like you guys have gotten into it really hardcore with that too. Like that's a big element of it, like the the uh the story and like kind of improving off of what you're saying. Yeah, our my story I wrote, it was two and a half pages single single spaced. For my entire backstory, it took a lot. Wow. But, you know, that's, that's awesome. just fun. Yeah, it's a blast. I really enjoy just putting stuff like that together because, you know, working, I work in news. And so I have to be all factual based. I have to have the facts and information. And so if I get to write just for pleasure, it's so cathartic. <laughs> right. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, uh, that's really cool, man. Yeah, I love that. Especially because you kind of like shift your, you almost have to shift your mindset because you're writing one way for work and then you're just like, well, now I could just do it like the way that I want to do it just to have fun. Like, I love that. Yeah, exactly. And so we put, the, when we put this together, when we finally, and we're at the point now, we, we just started episode nine on uh, last Wednesday and we've, we're right now going through our backstories. We kind of had an intro which I kind of liken it to if you've ever read the, read the Lord of the Rings, not, not just seen the movies, but you go through this entire, in the book, in Fellowship of the Ring, you go through 
Bilbo's birthday party and him disappearing and finding the ring and all that stuff. And then Gandalf comes in and tells the story of the ring. And that's when we go, you know, the movie just did that at the very beginning. And I think what's really good is to introduce the characters, have a little fun, have a little adventure, and then tell the backstory. So that way you've kind of drawn in the listener. And so now we're kind of going back over what led us to this place. And it's so fascinating for me as a, as because I didn't know anyone else's backstory. We never knew each the, we didn't know there are characters. And so to be able to sit and listen to someone else's backstory is incredible. And I'm hoping that the listeners enjoy that as well, because there was a lot of work that uh, Kiri put in for Poppy, our, our druid halfling, uh, and our and Johnny uh, Johnny Payne is playing uh, Zonimus, our, our rogue half elf, and then Macron Stoneshaper, uh, that's played by Brooke Bollock, who's uh, a, a dwarven sorcerer, and all of their backstories are just phenomenal. I love it. Ugh, God, it's so fun. Like I love hearing that. I love. When you talk to people, when you talk to other people that play D&D, that's the thing that I love to hear. I'm like, I want to hear about your world. I want to hear about everything going on because that's essentially what you guys are doing, like an episode like that where it's just like, you know, we mentioned earlier world building. It's just like Mm -hmm. getting people immersed and familiar with like the world that your characters are playing in. And I love that. That is so fun. Yeah, you have this. One of the things I love about D&D is talking to people who say, well, I remember when I did this and they'll tell this story. And it's almost like it's something real in their own life. They can tell exactly what happened. And that's fast because it really did. It happened to you. You're sitting around a group of friends. You're rolling dice. It's exciting. You are actually in that moment. Oh, man. Yeah, I love that. I, uh, you have a moment like that that comes to mind whenever you're like just from playing? Well, I did one of the things we, our very first episode that we did I, uh, we had some goblins robbing a train. Of course, we're first level. So that's a, that's a pretty good little de- thing to deal with. Uh, goblins come nice on and rob encounter. the train. Yeah. And they, they, they're robbing the train. And I, of course, it's, it's, it's weird West. So I've got a gun uh, and we've got a goblin in front of us trying to take, steal people's stuff. And I, it was the first time I pulled out the gun and I fired it and I rolled a natural 20, killed him instantly. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> And I'm supposed to be the lawful good paladin. And right. everybody just looked at me and goes, uh, dude, you just because Zonimus, the rogue, first thing, first time he shoots, he shoots for someone's leg. He doesn't try to aim to kill. Um, nah, right. I just decide to kill. Apparently I'm <laughs> I'm a killing paladin. Yeah, you're a you're a shoot first, ask questions later paladin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. It's, that is so funny. It's stuff like that uh. that is just too much fun. I love that, man. Um, I could share one with you from my yeah. past campaign that we did. We did, uh, so we were fighting giant scorpions. We were like in a, uh, it was like a task. These three tasks that we were trying to complete were basically going into different rooms. Like it would be a normal door on the outside, but when you went in, when you opened the door and went inside, it was like a, a portal basically like to a different uh, climate, like a type of world. And so this one that we happened to go into that we are trying to get like a key at the end of the room of, it was like a giant, like, desert. And so, two, uh, we, you know, we get halfway through. Of course, nothing's happened yet, and it's like something's going to pop out. And two <laughs> giant scorpions, two giant scorpions popped out. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is nuts. And so they kind of, they did some good damage on us for a while. 
And uh, eventually I'm just like, I try not to do, I, I don't really do too many called shots because it's just like you've got to make ridiculous rolls for that. Yeah. Um, but I was just like getting so sick of like taking like stinger damage. And I was just like, man, I'm going to roll acrobatics to like jump onto the back of this. Yes. Jump onto the back of this scorpion. And the DM's like, well, okay, like you're going to have to make like a roll on that. And so uh, not quite a crit, but he was like, you're going to have to make a high roll on that. And so I rolled a 19 on it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. Well, I get up there. And then he's like, well, you're going to have to make a check. Like, the next thing I had to do was make a check to make sure I could stay on. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, I think it was a, I had to match an 18, which I matched an 18 to stay on. And then he's like, okay, well, like this. And so it was kind of crazy because, you know, you're going over turns. And he's like, so we're all kind of getting excited. Like, man, I'm like staying on it. And uh, he's like, okay, well, uh, then the next, like, I had to roll uh, to hit, you know, for the uh, stinger because I'm trying to cut off the stinger. He's like, okay, well, now you got to roll to actually hit the stinger. Like, you've done all this. <laughs> and roll to hit the stinger, and I got I rolled a natural 20. Oh, it's awesome. And, like, we just, we erupted. Like, it was so funny. We're playing at a friend's house at this time, and, like, his wife was there. And we're just, you know, just it's just five guys around the table. And, like, I rolled that 20. We're, we're all like, whoa, like like a sports like a sports game or something. Like, uh, someone just scored a touchdown on a football or something. And we just, like, all lose our minds at the table. We're like, yeah! Like, it was just so funny to, like, to be on the outside looking in. Like, I was thinking about how she was just like, these guys are just freaking out about just imaginary things <laughs> happening with dice. Like, this is so weird. Have you, but, man, we lost our minds. We were so excited. Have you ever played at, like, a gaming place, like uh, Edmund Unplugged or Game HQ? We went there before, yeah. I wish we would have went when there was other groups. We went for like a, one of our friend's birthdays happened, like while we we're playing that actual, actually that campaign, and uh, his birthday for his birthday we went and played at Edmund Unplugged. And mm -hmm. I think there was one other group playing there, but they weren't like very like we were the animated group playing that day. Yeah, I love when I would go to Edmund Unplugged and there would be several games, several D and D games playing, and one table would just erupt in that you know triumphant. Someone just did something right. amazing. And I'm like, yes. that is the coolest sound in the world because you know that table is just thrilled. Uh, yeah, we all man, do it. I love that. <laughs> God, that is so cool. I love that, man. And like you were saying, I've never thought of it in that way, but it, it really is. It's like a memory from your life almost. Mm -hmm. that when you talk to someone who plays D&D, &D, like I remember that viscerally as if it happened just like yesterday. Yeah, and what's funny is and, when uh, you get around some, someone else, maybe that you haven't mm -hmm. played in a while, played with in a while, and you both reminisce about that time. Again, it's like yeah. two friends who, you know, re reuniting and, and going over old war stories. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I was just literally about to say, it's like war buddies, man. Yeah. It's crazy. But oh, I, man, I think I it's also, that. it's more exciting. To, to, to me, it's more exciting than football or basketball yeah. or baseball. I, I enjoy watching those games. I enjoy watching the Thunder play. But the, when uh, Chris Paul does something really cool, I get excited, but I didn't do anything. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just watched him, you know, no matter how much I shout at the television, it's not helping him play any better. Right. It's but, all secondhand. Yeah. But at a game, you are actually part of it, and it's just exciting to, to be a part of that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is very different. You're right. Um, have you hey Have you watched that um, show? It's called High Score on Netflix. Called what? It's called High Score, 
it's like uh, they're doing uh, vignettes on different, um, basically different things that happen in gaming. Huh. If you haven't checked it out, the third episode is all about D and D, and like score. all the vi- all the video games that have like kind of like spawned off of D and D. Yeah, but the way that the guys talk about it, like in that episode, kind of remind me like they're along the same ilk of like, I don't know, they just kind of get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, cause some people like I'll tell my wife about D and she'll just be like oh, okay like because she she just like does not care you know what i mean it's like not something that's interesting to her right but when you get around people and you just everybody just starts like nerding out about it and like getting excited like i love that i love that kind of connection man it's so fun yeah my wife actually was raised in the we both lived in the 80s and were she was raised with the whole satanic panic that Dungeons and Dragons was, you know, this was satanic. Right. And yeah. They talk, they talk about that in the, in that episode too. Like, it's so crazy to like, see like the old news clips of like people talking about how it's like the occult and stuff. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And so she, when I started playing with Aiden with my, with my son, uh, she would have nothing to do with it. She hadn't, she was not going to play, but then we played, we got with a group on Friday night. And she realized the only way she was going to spend any time with her boys, uh, with, with my son and I, was if she tried it out. And so we got in a group and, uh, you know, Caleb Haldane, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Caleb is in it and his wife, Chelsea. Um, and so and so immediately, and, Caleb, and Kimberly already knew them. And so she could immediately bond with them. And then she sat down and realized it's not about the cult or anything like the occult or anything like that. It's just sitting around a table with friends on right. a regular basis and playing a game. And we just, and she still plays to this day, two, two, two and a half years later, she's still playing with us on Friday nights. In fact, actually my son has started in high school, so he's going to be playing football on Friday nights. And so I won't be able to play. She's going to continue playing on Friday nights. Wow, that's awesome. She like started out just as like a thing with y'all and then now it's like actually I'm interested in this now, so yeah. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> that is so cool. That's a great testament of like someone starting like not knowing what it is and then just like, you know, kind of taking off with it and like making it their own thing. I love that. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I love D. I think it's been out of all the geeky things that I've done, and again, I think because it's so personal, I enjoy Star Wars and Doctor Who and Star Trek and reading science fiction and fantasy, but those are so third person, you know, right. you, you're watching someone else do the thing. And with D and D you're there, even though, even the, if, if they take, you know, curse of Strahd or horde of the dragon queen, those are even with the pre-written stories, you make it your own, you know, it's never going to be run the same way because you've got a brand new DM or a different DM, right. different players, mm-hmm. different characters. It's always going to be different. And that's what I think yep. makes it so unique and so much fun. That's exactly it, man. I was going to ask you that with the, uh, with Red D and D, of course, like your new show and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of fans of, uh, a lot of people play D and D that listen to my show and I've had people on before to talk about D and D as well. Um, can you talk about kind of the style of play? Like, are you guys playing fast and loose or is it pretty, pretty, uh, you know, to the, to the rule book, just talk to, uh, talk to that as far as like someone that was going to check out your show, like what they would, uh, you know, kind of expect. I think we try to stay as close to the rule book as possible. Ash is kind of a stickler for the, the rules, but they've also made it their own. 
Ash is, is really just kind of, if, if it works, it works. It, if it works for the story, because what we're really trying to do is we are still trying to tell a serious story, not so much, not dramatic or, or anything like that. But I think there's a lot of podcasts out there that try to be funny about it or uh, right. almost make fun of Dungeons and Dragons. We're not trying to do that. We are actually trying to tell a narratively good story. And so if it might not be in the rules for fifth edition, if it might not be in the player's handbook or the DM's guide, because they can't think of everything, I think Ash is real good about making sure that it fits the narrative better than whether or not it's legal according to Wizards of the Coast. Right, yeah, yeah. I, you just hear, it's kind of like the other thing about games like this, is like it's so customizable and so many people are just doing complete homebrew rules mm -hmm. and like that type of thing, which we haven't really gotten into a ton. We've definitely like found things in 5e that are a little quirky. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, our DM now has outlawed the, uh, I think it's a, I'm trying to remember if it was a, a feat or what it was, but it's called Lucky. Oh, yes. And and our DM has pretty much outlawed that because he's like, yeah, this kind of breaks the game the way that we play. That is it. And that's so that's kind of been a, a really good thing. one, yes. Yeah, so I took that and because I took it early on. We I was playing. The first thing I ever played was a... A, we played a monster like campaign. We we were the we were all monsters. Oh, cool! And so I was a uh, yeah, I was a hobgoblin rogue, That's and awesome. um, it was fun. But I ended up taking that feat. I just saw like on a whim. We hadn't really, no one really played five e. Like it was our first thing. Like we're all playing together, and I took that and like by the rules, like using it the way it was in the rules. And he's just like, what the heck? Like, this is going to, like, break the game if we keep doing that. <laughs> and so by by the next level up, he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, if you if you look on D&D &D Beyond, some of the homebrew feats are a little more powerful than they probably should yeah. be. Whenever <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, what, yeah. When I, when I Sorry, DM'd on, on Friday night, I, 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 I had, had started a campaign and I said, Look, as long as it's officially in the books, I don't care what you do with it. You can you can do whatever. But it's right. so easy to pull out some of the, the the homebrew stuff. Now, that is to say, Red Dirt D and D is homebrew, obviously, because it's, right, yeah, uh, of course. Ash created a completely new world, uh, the world of Ratoya and the Caliban Frontier, and my character is actually because. Paladins take an oath at third level. Every everyone's different, and Ash created a paladin subclass for the game called the Oath of the Silver Star, and it's basically a, a marshal, a sheriff. Oh yeah, I was to say like a sheriff. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that working the rules into like you guys' story. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I think actually all of our subclasses although we're playing a sorcerer a druid a rogue and a paladin all our subclass i think all of our subclasses are actually homebrew either uh under it's one of wizards of the coast unearthed arcana that they're kind of still testing out or it's one of the official wizards of the coast ones that they said here try this out see if this works and so but, but i think all of our subclasses are actually not officially in the rule books. 
Wow, yeah. See, that's cool. I love stuff like that. Our gunslinger one, I think, was like that. It was like an unofficial subclass. Yeah. And uh, it had some cool stuff. I mean, it was like, um, there was a thing, I think it was like a quick draw, and it was like a, basically it was like a bonus action. You could like, it didn't count as an action to, to change your weapon type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that was like, would be like a natural thing for a gunslinger to have. Like you would, you would get good and proficient at pulling out your gun and kind of moving around with that. And so that was kind of like a homebrew thing that was like a, you didn't have to use an action to disarm or something like that. I can't remember specifically what it was, but it was like, oh, like that makes sense. It was like in a way that's not going to break the game, you know what I mean? But it would give you a certain advantage because you're taking that that class as like a subclass or like, yeah, a subclass. And um, so, yeah, I enjoy stuff like that. Like how, how customizable the game is. And yes. I can kind of like craft your character in certain ways. Like I love that. And I don't think it used to be, of course I, I never got to play in 3.5. I've just studied uh, li- li- looking at it, reading some of the books and it doesn't seem like they are quite as customizable really because they because there's just so many rules, so many intricate little things in 3.5. By the time you get to that, you've got all these this mathematics and these skills that add to this and add to that. And so I think the beauty of 5e is it's so generic that you can really just kind of do anything with it. And that's, I think it's why it's so popular right now. You know, be not only yeah. because of that, and you also have you know Stephen Colbert and Vin Diesel playing D and D and making it popular. Right, yeah. Stranger Things mm-hmm. being a real popular right now. I think people just went, well, what is this? What is this thing you call D and D? And I think a lot of people have gotten into play, and we only have to play it once, and you're hooked. Yep, that's exactly what happened to me. I'm like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I love the quirky things that pop up while you're playing too, because like, just from like a, a lot of it's just based on logic. You know what I mean? Like, can I do that? And is this the way that I would logically make this thing happen? Right. Um, I th- I was thinking of like something that was like, especially for like uh, ranged attacks and stuff like that. It was like, I, I can't remember exactly what it was that happened, but we ended up having to use like geometry and like find the hypotenuse to st- actually find the range of our, <laughs> of our attack. And I'm just like, dude, I am not here to, to be in math class like we were all just cracking up about how it was that we were trying to calculate like the distance for like a certain attack because we were like it was something like that the enemy was like on a ledge and we were trying to shoot an arrow i think up to him i think that's what the situation was like the pythagorean like we're trying to like (laughs) exactly i'm like dude i'm not this is not a story problem in real life right now this is ridiculous just let me shoot it and so that stuff <laughs> cracks me up, man. Like it was like something I just was not prepared to like, to like have to calculate on the fly. <laughs> like, wow, we actually did apply like this math theory later on outside of high school. I'm pulling out a graphing calculator. Well, now let's see. <laughs> yeah, the x-axis. We find the a parabola axis. here. Yes, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that kind of cracked me up, man. But it sounds like you guys are gonna have a blast in this campaign, man. Uh. uh just like from like the, it sounds so similar to what we kind of did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds a lot like the gunslinger type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing. I hadn't even thought a gunslinger was was one of my favorite books by Stephen King, and I hadn't even thought yeah. about that because I, I went to the the Wild Wild West or the what's I mean, it's there's actually a title called Weird West, which is the oh, right no, novels are switching or some some writers are it's basically a, a mashup of 
steampunk, fantasy, and Wild West all thrown together, just called Weird West. And so, oh, okay, cool. But I think the gunslinger is a really apt analogy for for kind of what we're doing because it is. It's it, except for I don't think the the gunslinger didn't go or King didn't go much into like a fantasy with elves and dwarves and goblins and things like that and dragons. Yeah. Uh, his True, was not really. Yeah, I, his was the future. I think after Captain Trips had destroyed society, that was my theory anyway. Uh, after Captain right. Trips and the Stand had had destroyed everybody, and then society tried to come back, and they created a, a medieval gunslinger type of world. But, right. Yeah. Our, I was trying to. I'm trying to think of what ours was. Is like, it was actually like an offshoot of the actual main. Um, thing I think there's a guy named Roland mm-hmm. that is like the main guy, and basically what our quest was was supporting like to make sure that Roland could actually do the thing to actually protect the beam going to the dark tower that that whole thing. So it was like a cool thing to build in. It was like almost like a side story of like our thing makes it possible for Roland to do actually his thing in the main story. Oh, that's amazing! But he wouldn't have necessarily. Yeah, like you wouldn't have actually known about us mm-hmm. and like our group. It was almost like, um, you know, it was almost kind of like uh, the um, Star Wars movie. What was the one that was the uh, Rogue One? Yeah. It was like you wouldn't have known. That, that was like the backstory of like how that whole thing came to be. But you don't see those characters later because they're self-contained in that story. That was kind of like our take on yeah. How the how the Dark Tower played into our campaign. So Which, that was like the backstory for that. What a creative DM. That's amazing. He's he's the stuff he writes, I'm like, wow, this is so creative. Like, did you take creative writing or something? Like <laughs> I, it's just like, wow, how did you even think of that? Like I l I'm so jealous of creative people like that. Cause I try to be like that. Like I'm I have a little bit of that, you know, going. And uh, but just some of the stuff he writes, I'm like, wow! Like, how did you think that up? Like, that is so neat. Yeah, that's how I feel about Ash's stuff. I'm like, where did you come up with that? Because I, yeah, I'm the same way. I I can be creative <laughs> when I need to be, but if I actually right. sat down and I tried to do it, like Friday night again was 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 a homebrew, and so I kind of created something. But mine was mostly just going from one fight to the next. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much no. Big. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, man. Yeah, the DN, the 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 reins of the DM are too. Uh, I, I don't think I could table those. I don't think I could. Those aren't those aren't ready. For, I, my shoulders aren't can't handle that mantle. Oh, you should and try. So it I sometime. just have. Ma- I have man. I have massive respect for DMs. I'm like God. Like that is so cool. I love that. Oh, that's how my son is. He on uh, Saturday will will be. He's, he'll be kind of typing some stuff up for sat since this Saturday night, and I'm like, "Are you getting ready for the game?" He goes, "Well, I'll probably just wing it." I'm like, "Really? <laughs> I can't wing anything. Yeah. I have to have everything written down. I have every stat, every you know, everything you could possibly run into, and anything that could possibly happen." Right? Yeah, you think thinking it out. That's a I I love that. We've actually our our DM has shared memes with us where it's like he'll like he'll put something in that's just like a nothing thing and we will get so caught up in this little thing like because we're just like our like imaginations just run wild like well why is that there like that's got to be there for a purpose and he's like literally has just thrown this in as just like a nothing thing and he's like god but then he'll spend a lot of time on something and we'll just get it like right away (laughs) he's like 
how are you guys able to do that every time? I spent five but, hours on that puzzle and you guys figured yeah. it out in five minutes. <laughs> exactly, man. It's so funny. Or he'll be like, he'll say, he sent us a meme, like I was saying earlier, like it was like a, uh, a thing of like the player asks a question that was like that he didn't have, he didn't have anything prepared for, but it's like the DM furiously writing in notes like yes that's exactly right <laughs> and so like just you know on the fly like thinking up like writing stats in for something like yeah 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 yeah, totally that's what i meant yeah that's what aiden and does so it's just i can't do that <laughs> yeah that's so funny like that is yeah that takes a lot of skill for sure man um yeah but for, for red dirt well, yeah, DMV, yeah, so, we, we you know ash like i said we, we put this with this world together and we just love doing it. we we record once a month and so we've recorded now uh, four times, including the pilot episode. And we just, we do it in one hour increments. So once I edit it, once I put in music and once I put in sound effects, they run about 40 minutes. So the great thing is you don't, I, you know, like if you didn't know about Critical Role, which is a four hour yeah. long to go weekly for four hours. All they do is, is yeah, it's you know, a marathon of a yeah, freaking thing to listen, which to. which I do. I've listened to every critical role episode, but you miss one week and to catch up, you're listening now to eight hours and you know, right with, with us, it's only 40 minutes. So the time it usually takes to drive to and from work in a day, uh, you could sit and listen to it on your car or uh, my wife listens to it as she's getting ready uh, before she goes to school for teaching, she just listens to it and and knows that she can listen to the whole thing in that amount of time without having to sit down and really concentrate for four hours. Uh, I hope that right on, the, yeah. with the music and the sound effects, it kind of draws people in so they can, it kind of helps them, even if they miss a little bit, they don't feel, feel like they go back because Ash, again, is real good about catching people up. Even if you miss a week, you can always come back in and Dungeon Master is going to immediately say, well, here's what happened last week. So it catches everybody up. Oh, yeah. Nice. The, the previously yes, on. Yes, previously <laughs> on. And I thought about doing that, but boy, that would be, that's a lot of editing, finding which exact sound bites you want to use. But I was like, ah. Yeah. Ash will just describe what happened last week. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I love the creativity for sure, man. There's actually a, a guy that I know that is, he was doing a campaign last I talked to him that was kind of based on um, it was it was all centered it was like a nineties teen like real campy type of a vibe and so it was like you know like you had your tropes of like the the high school jock and like the cheerleader uh -huh. and it was all the characters like the main headquarters was like the DMV is where it, everything went down <laughs> um, but they've created this world where it's almost like a um, like a like one of those 90s uh like mystery novels so every every episode has like a it's like a book cover and it has like a name and like there's like parts of the series so like there's like all this artwork that goes along with it that they've created and i'm just like wow you guys are going above <laughs> and beyond yeah. like that is intense and were they using fifth um, edition as yeah, well? Yeah, you love it. And were they using fifth edition? They are, yeah. yeah. See, I and I, yeah, I, I, have to, I have to send you that so you can check it out. Like, it's pretty cool the stuff that they put together for it. Yeah, there was uh, there was a game back when back in AD and D times, back in the eighties. Uh, Steve Jackson, 
uh, who's a, a, a great game creator. He created Munchkin and, and other other games. But back in the 80s, he cre- created a game called GURPS, which was generic universal role-playing system. And the whole idea oh, behind okay. it is you could take his system and play it in any time, any play. It could be a space thing. It could be a Western thing. It could be a fantasy. It could be modern. It could be horror, whatever it was. And at that time, D&D was a lot harder to switch over outside of fantasy. It was a lot harder to do that with that old system, with any of the systems until 5e. The beautiful thing about 5e, I think 5e finally went, oh, we should do that. We should make it so that it's so generic that you could really place it in any time. And I've heard several podcasts that do, there's a couple of them that do it in like modern times. Some of them do it in like a horror um Cthulhu type of, of thing. So you can really do anything with the fifth edition. It's just whatever your dungeon master can create. Yeah, for sure. That's like the universality of it. Like is just like really cool. Makes it to where you could just do anything, build your own world. Like that is like the funnest part of it for me, man. Yeah. I had a friend who did a um, Harry Potter storyline. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome. I've heard of people doing like star Wars and stuff. Yeah. You can do all of that stuff. Like that is, that's legit. Uh, well, Michael, I appreciate you taking the time sure talking thing. about uh, Red Dirt D and D, man. Um, why don't you tell people where they can find the podcast if they want to listen to it? Uh, if you guys have like social, anything like that. Definitely. Well, we are on Red Dirt D and D on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch us up on email at reddirtdnd at gmail We have our reddirtdnd.com. Or did I say reddirtdnd at gmail.com? Reddirtdnd.com is our webpage. Uh, we have our Patreon site, which is patreon.com slash reddirtdnd. We post new episodes every Wednesday in whatever way you get your podcast. And if there's someone out there who doesn't know how to get a podcast, and I've actually run into some people since this show has come out, the people are like, well, how do I get a podcast? And if, you're, if you've got a Google phone, on Android, go to Google Music, Google Play. They've usually got the podcast system. Apple, of course, has their podcast. But you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean, and whatever else. Wherever you're getting your podcast, you can get them every Wednesday. And it's just a lot of fun for, for people to enjoy. And, and hopefully we can start getting some feedback uh, soon on from people on, on what they're thinking of it. Yeah, for sure, man. I love that. Thanks again for taking the time. You bet, buddy. Well, as always, guys, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts. Find us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.